Welcome to Aligned Attraction, the go-to intimacy podcast for powerful women. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Lee Noto, master intimacy coach and psychedelic therapist, and I help powerful women like you unleash your wild feminine power so you can create heart-throbbing love. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts on love, sex, and relationships, and I'll also coach women like you to create the most delicious transformation in their love lives. You ready? Welcome back to Aligned Attraction, the go-to source for powerful women when it comes to dating, love, and relationships. I am following the flow here, and we've been talking all about the archetypes of men that you might be attracting, that you don't want to be attracting, and how to attract what you actually want instead. So today we're covering the archetype of the controlling, misogynistic, or narcissistic man. Let me just first start by saying that the word narcissism and narcissistic gets thrown around a lot. I am not referring to full-blown narcissistic personality disorder in this episode. I am referring to behaviors that are narcissistic in nature when I use that word. So let's start by jumping into what this archetype is and why you might be attracting men with these qualities. Now, not all men possess all of the qualities I just mentioned, where they are controlling, misogynistic, and narcissistic, but there can be a lot of overlap in these qualities. And when you're dating or in relationship with a man like this, you get the sense that he views you as less than in some way, maybe less capable, less intelligent, or he behaves in a way or treats you in a way that creates a power dynamic where he is superior and you are inferior. He invalidates your emotions and experience. He might say, it's no big deal uh, when you share something challenging or why do you always overreact in this way? You always get angry. I can't deal with this. He doesn't have space or emotional capacity to really be with you when you bring up something challenging or something that feels hard for you. He might even make it about him. He'll get mad and then make it about himself. You always do this to me. I can't believe it. And then he makes himself the victim. He may even try to control aspects of your life, like who you see, when and if you see your friends and family, how you deal with your finances, how you deal with your health, your body shape, your diet, your physical appearance, your physical appearance, your sexuality, or your sexual expression. Now, In dating, this typically doesn't come out right away. Men who fall into this archetype typically play out really lovely behaviors at first. They might love bomb you. They might lather gifts and presents upon you, uh, but then the flip switches. Now, I am sharing this because you might not spot this at first in a dating scenario, but if your pattern has been to be in longer-term relationships with men like this, then you definitely want to pay attention to what I'm going to share with you. Now, this archetype of man may also have a grandiose sense of self. So he might have outbursts of anger and then justify them and not take responsibility for his actions or his emotional state. 
And then those emotions get projected onto you and others around you. And then he'll blame others for his experience. So I want to tell you a client's story because I have had clients in my life as well as friends in my life that have all been in relationships with men who behave in this way. And I'm very careful to not label uh, men in terms of like, this is just how they are. I do believe that if any person, however you identify, is willing to really see themselves and do the inner work and go on the inner journey, then this doesn't have to be how anybody just is. Most of the times when we develop tendencies and behaviors like the ones I'm describing, they were created in childhood uh, because of how we were treated as children or what we saw in our parents' or caregivers' relationship. And so I don't typically think that anyone wants to be this way, wants to be self, self-absorbed or narcissistic, or uh, that anyone really wants to put themselves in a position where they don't take responsibility for their own experience, even though that that might be easier out of the gate, it doesn't ever feel empowering. And I do, for the most part, believe that people want to feel empowered. You want to feel empowered. The men you date want to feel empowered, but a lot of people just don't know how to empower themselves. And then that's when we find that we're in patterns like this. So I have a a client who was playing this out and she was married to her ex for 15 years. They have three children together. So they were very enmeshed financially, emotionally, through their children, all of it. And he would often gaslight her. So he would invalidate her emotions. He would tell her it's no big deal. He would avoid responsibility and he would get really defensive and angry whenever she brought something up no matter how she brought it up, whether it was calm and collected or if she would have an outburst of anger because she couldn't hold it in anymore. And because he was the primary breadwinner, he was in control of the finances. And so when conflict would come up, she didn't know what to do about it because she felt that she didn't have any leverage in the relationship. He controlled the finances and she didn't know how she was going to find her way out of this relationship. So she often told me that when she was married to him, she felt controlled. She felt constricted and she felt like she was a prisoner in her own home. And I really empathize with that feeling because it it feels like your, your back is up against a wall. Now, by the time she started working with me, she was already divorced and she came to me because she had dated a couple of other men after her ex-husband and she was continuing to attract men with a similar energy, a similar disposition, similar psyche, similar behaviors and tendencies. And she came to me because she didn't know how to break the pattern and she couldn't understand why she was attracting men like this. She was very aware. She knew what this man was like and what these men were like. So she knew the pattern she was playing out, but she felt powerless to do anything about it. No matter how many books she read, how many podcasts she listened to. And in the work that we did together, We helped her understand why she was attracting these kinds of men and how to start attracting men who actually had the capacity for empathy, for emotional intelligence, who actually wanted to take responsibility for their emotions and their experience and treat her as an equal partner. So if this is a pattern that you've played out with past partners, or you find that even in your dating life, you're continuing to attract men who eventually reveal that this is how they are at this point in their lives, 
then here's what could be happening. And here's why you might be attracted to this kind of man. So he may have a familiar demeanor or disposition or way of being that one or both of your parents did. So while it seems illogical to fall for a guy like this, somewhere deep down, he feels oddly familiar and somewhat comfortable. He feels safe, not pleasurable, very painful, but safe and familiar. So if your mom or dad or a caregiver had similar characteristics, then you are continuing to attract the pattern of one of those people in your early childhood. You might have also seen this dynamic between your parents or caregivers. So now you're recreating it again because it feels familiar. It's it's what you know. You don't know another better way. Or you know another better way consciously, but subconsciously you're continuing to play out this pattern. You may also see this kind of man as a provider or a teacher or guide, or maybe even a father figure, which I know can sound kind of weird, but we often project our parental figures onto partners. So while we don't, we know that they're not our mother or father, we see them and we put them in that kind of role. We put them in an authoritative role so that we can look up to someone and idolize someone. We put them on a pedestal. I know that I have played this dynamic out a few times, both with romantic partners and with teachers and with friends. I put them on a pedestal and I made them more than or better than me. And I made myself less than or one down. And that is the way that I played out that particular pattern where I attracted men and teachers who had narcissistic qualities because I was always putting myself one down. Now, you may also see this kind of man as a financial provider, or this man gives you something you perceive you don't have on your own. Again, it might be a sense of financial provision and freedom. It might be a sense of masculine energy, safety, and protection. This is exactly what played out with one of my clients, is she would seek men with these uh, narcissistic qualities, controlling qualities, because what a lot of these men also possessed was this very protective energy. She loved feeling safe and protected, but then into the relationship, she felt like she needed to protect herself from them. Um, And you may also get from these men a sense of validation. Maybe he gives you validation and love bombs you in a way that you haven't created for yourself. You don't source this validation within yourself, so you seek it from these men who also happen to have controlling or misogynistic or narcissistic qualities. Now, why you might be attracting this kind of man, again, like I said, is that you saw one or both of your parents in the role of controller or in the role of narcissist. And even though you know that this might be dysfunctional, it may be all your subconscious knows as it relates to love and relationship. And you also want to feel safe. So this might be your best attempt at creating a sense of safety for yourself with someone who seems like they know what they're doing or seems like they have all the answers and have all the finances and things figured out, especially if this person positions themselves as an authority on this thing. You may also have a deep yearning to be led, and you don't want to have to figure things out for yourself. I know that when I first started my relationship with Ani, uh, I ping-ponged back and forth between acting like I had it all figured out on my own and then feeling helpless. And like, I just wanted to be led. I just wanted him to have my answers. And this created a really imbalanced power dynamic between us. 
Now I share that little tidbit because that happened in my current relationship. There was an imbalanced power dynamic when we first started dating and a few years into the relationship. So it's not beyond hope. If you find you're in a relationship with someone like this, it can be worked through, but both people have to be willing to do the work and be willing to see themselves and take responsibility for how they're contributing to the dynamic. And if you are a single woman listening to this episode right now, and you're not in a relationship, then you can only take responsibility for how you contribute to the dynamic. So that's why I'm sharing all of this information. Now, it might also be that you're attracting these kinds of men because you're not clear on your ideals, your values, your beliefs, what you stand for. So you take on those things in the men you're with. Now, you might also be willing to accept men who have strong sense of values and a strong sense of self. And you may be imprinted upon by those men. I have also allowed myself to be in that position because again, a lot of my pattern that I played out that I created in early childhood was putting others one up and putting myself one down. So I was very, very impressionable in many parts of my dating life and in teachers that I took on because I thought they had the answers. I made everyone else my guru. Now, deep down, you may also think you deserve this, not consciously, or you may be thinking that this is as good as you can do. You justify and rationalize the man's good qualities, even though they're also playing out this dynamic and it feels very painful. You may also be playing out the opposite role to these kinds of men, which is the role of the codependent. So some part of you has stepped into, um, hasn't stepped into a healthy sense of independence or interdependence and created healthy boundaries. So if you haven't yet created or learned to create healthy emotional and energetic boundaries within yourself and within your relationships, then it's easy for you to continue playing out and perpetuating a dynamic like this where you're the codependent and they are the narcissist or controller. Now, especially if this is something you saw between your caregivers or a relationship dynamic that you were in with one of your caregivers or a past partner, an ex-husband, an ex-boyfriend, then you may be recreating that again in order to actually resolve the wounding and the patterning from past relationships. You may also have a hard time setting boundaries, like I said, and you may internalize that setting boundaries is offensive to someone or might harm someone. I know this sounds um, a little twisted, but often when we grew up in a household where there weren't boundaries and our parents um, uh, would consistently surpass each other's boundaries, our boundaries, then we internalized that it's not good or right to have boundaries that we don't get to, that we don't deserve to. So again, we will continue to attract partners that consistently cross our boundaries and we'll either let them be crossed or we will boil over at some point in time and then we'll set a boundary and then they will get angry and become defensive. And then we continue to perpetuate that dynamic all over again. Now, it's also possible that there's some part of you that needs to play out a power dynamic perhaps in order to resolve childhood wounding. So you recreate a scenario that you experienced or witnessed in childhood so that you can finally overcome it, which I talk about a lot and I talk about in past episodes. 
Um, and that was my story. And that was the story of this client that I told you about was I consistently felt powerless in my childhood, powerless to my mother. Um, she embodied a lot of these behaviors of um, defensiveness, anger, gaslighting, invalidation of my experience and emotions. And I consistently felt powerless. So I have attracted partners in the past where I created a power dynamic, where I put myself one down, I put them one up, and they took the role unconsciously, of course, but there was something that they needed to play out as well, probably from their childhood. And there was an imbalance in power. I did that as well with Ani, my current partner. And I'll be talking about that a lot in, in future episodes and how we actually resolved the imbalance in power to create uh, a more equanimous relationship dynamic. But I played that out a lot. So there was some part of me that needed to play out that dynamic so that I could resolve it with enough conscientiousness and willingness. Now, it wasn't until my relationship with Ani that I was actually able to resolve that within myself and within our relationship. But it really took me getting honest with myself and saying that I'm contributing to this imbalance in power as well as he was. It wasn't just his fault because he was the quote unquote more powerful one. I had a part in perpetuating that dynamic and that was that I saw him as better than me, that I put myself one down, that I put him on a pedestal, that I saw myself as less intelligent, less worthy, not enough. And that energy that I brought contributed to that dynamic. Now, the last thing I'll say here as to why you might be attracting men like this is that if he provides for you financially and you enjoy the benefits of that kind of financial safety, then it may make it hard for you to leave when things start to blow up or when the red flags appear. So really look at if you are seeking financial provision from men, because in that case, then uh, you may need something from him as much as he needs from you. You may need financial provision, a sense of validation, a sense of feeling safe, et cetera. So there's always a two-way dynamic that's playing out, barring instances where there is extreme abuse, and in which case I would not ever tell a woman that she has brought that upon herself. I am speaking about the manageable dynamics that with enough inner exploration and willingness to see ourselves, we can see how we may be contributing to that dynamic. Now, let's take a deep breath. Because I know that there's something you want instead in the men that you date, in the men that you find yourself in relationship with. And that is that you want to feel cherished. You want to feel seen and appreciated. You want to feel valued and respected. No one's better than you. No one's less than you. And you want to have your unique gifts and the value that you bring really acknowledged and appreciated. And you want to be able to do that with your partner as well. You want to date men and be in partnership with men who take responsibility for their experience, who are accountable for how they show up, who are willing to apologize when it's on them. And I know you want to be able to apologize when it's on you, if that's not something you're currently very good at. And you want to allow, you want a man who allows space for your experience. Of course, as long as you're not projecting onto him, you want a man who's going to show up and be like, yeah, I hear you're angry. I'm I'm really sorry that I did or said that thing. Tell me more about how you're feeling. Tell me how I can help make this right. But you want someone with emotional intelligence, a man who's, as I say, emotionally attuned to you. Like he's there. 
He has the capacity and ability to create a space for your emotions. And when they come up, as long as you're being mindful with how you share them, he doesn't waver at the first sign of anger or sadness or grief. He's there for all of your thoughts, your emotions, your opinions, your perspectives, and you can have a mature conversation about these things. And you want someone who treats you as an equal, who values your perspective and lived experience. So how do you go from attracting men who ultimately end up being controlling, misogynistic, or narcissistic to attracting and being in relationship with men like I just described? Well, the first thing I would say is ask about where you may have experienced this kind of dynamic in your childhood or in past relationships. And really extend empathy to those earlier versions of you that were mistreated by a parent or the earlier version of you that really saw dysfunctional behavior between your parents and that probably felt a lot of pain in seeing that. And ask what you would rather have instead. So if not that, if not misogyny, if not control, if not narcissism, what would you rather have? And see the places where you've permitted this or where you've been a part of the dynamic. And again, this is a fine line to toe, right? When it comes to cases of abuse, emotional, physical, sexual, or otherwise, it's not it's not a 50-50 split. It's not that he's half responsible and you're half responsible. That is not how these things typically shake out right? There may be someone who's 70% responsible and 30% responsible. It's really hard to say quantifiably who has more responsibility than someone else. But the reason I'm, I'm speaking so frankly here is because if you want to overcome this pattern, then you may ask the question, are there places where I've permitted this? Are there places where I thought this was all I could have? Are there places where I was just trying to recreate my parents' relationship dynamic or a dynamic I had with my mom or dad? And is there somewhere I'm tolerating this behavior, not creating boundaries, not seeing myself as worthy enough to have what I actually want? Because only in that inquiry can you actually dissolve the pattern altogether and stop attracting men like this and do the the inner resolution that's required to have the kind of relationship that your heart desires. Okay, so that was uh, a whole lot today. But if you are finding that you're playing out this pattern and you're really wanting to overcome this once and for all, then I want to tell you how to do that. I recorded a free workshop for you. You've heard me plug this workshop in all of the other episodes because I'm going to take you on a journey in the hour long workshop to show you exactly why your mind plays out these patterns and what's happening for you. And there, are, I've broken this down into four phases on the journey. So in that workshop, I'm going to tell you about the four phases for how to completely recreate patterns that are going to take you from attracting men who are narcissistic, misogynistic, controlling, to attracting committed men who actually feel safe that you'd want to do life with. So go to alignedattraction.com backslash workshop. It'll be down in the show notes to find that workshop. And if you are loving these episodes, then I'm going to give you a little sneak peek for what's next. And the next episode is going to be why you're attracting and dating men that you're just not that into. 
seems like a thing that we wouldn't do logically, but sometimes we keep around men that we're not actually into. We don't see it going anywhere. And I know if you're listening to this podcast, you want to find your person. You want to find the one, but some part of you might be attracting men and dating men and staying with men that you're just not that into. So why? Why do you do that? And how do you overcome that? That'll be next. But in the meantime, I'm wishing you so much love and good vibes. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to the show and spread the love by sharing this episode out on social media and to all the powerful women in your life. And if you're ready to play full out and create heart-throbbing love, hop on over to my website to see all the juicy ways you can do just that www.leenoto.com. Fellow wild woman, I appreciate you. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and all the good vibes.